0: Thank you for being here tonight. It's good to see you folks. It's great to be back uh, with Brother Andrews and his family and get to fellowship with them a little bit this afternoon and uh, we sure appreciate this church and uh, uh, the testimony that it has uh, not just here but all over the country. Uh, If you have questions later we'll be here by the table, uh, table and we'll try to answer any questions that you have you can come by and, and uh, get information there if you'd like to we work in the uh, area of the light in the 1040 window now we don't go over there and stay all the time we uh, uh, you cannot get a missionary visa to that and the part of the world that we're in uh, has uh, it's uh, India with 1.38 billion people, China with 1.4 billion people, and then you have Tibet, you have Bhutan, you have Bangladesh, Nepal, uh, we have Myanmar, the Philippines, and uh, actually the area has two thirds of the world's population, and 90% of the unevangelized of the world are there what we do is we represent most of them could never they have nothing they get saved they have the lord jesus christ uh but many times they're living in a grass hut that kind of thing they have no place to meet uh and uh so uh we help them we represent them here we just tell uh, god's people in america we just show them the opportunities to reach and disciple people and plant churches in that part of the world. And that's what we do. And so we appreciate so much the privilege of being here tonight. I want you to take your... I know you've been in a mission conference, and uh, I want to just share some things with you tonight uh, about uh, uh, what God has given us to do as Christians. And uh, uh, so if you will, look with me in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. All of you probably know it by heart, but I'm going to read it again. It says in Matthew 28, 19, 20, Jesus is speaking uh, to his disciples. Now let me say uh, that all the apostles were disciples, but all disciples are not apostles. And so this applies, I'll show you here, to everybody. It shows uh, to you and I. Uh, If we know the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the instruction here applies to us also. So look in chapter 28 and verse 19 and 20. Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, that means tribes, uh, 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 every uh, dialect, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever we have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, the scripture here, the Great Commission, as we call it, is teaching we that are saved. When we get saved, then we're to uh, identify with Christ and his church. That's what baptism does. But we're to learn. We're to be discipled. And uh, by the way, when we get discipled, uh, we're to reach others. And disciple then It's to be handed down from generation to generation. And uh, it's here there and everywhere. Uh, it's right here in Mississippi it's up in North Arkansas where I am. it's uh, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, I, I have been uh, to places and I thought I was close to the uttermost part. I really I, I thought that was probably what the Bible was talking about uh, but literally we're to reach everybody that we can with the gospel. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ wants everybody, to hear aren't you glad that you had the privilege in America to hear the wonderful news that when you die that you have confidence that you're going to go to a far better place than you've ever been in before i'm so glad to have those precious promises and they come through jesus christ and the gospel and so i want to speak to you a few minutes tonight on the subject of keep your focus now you've been in a mission conference No doubt God has spoken to your heart. You've heard messages about mission. We know about the great commission that God gives us. But I want to speak on the subject of keep your focus because oftentimes we get sidetracked by everything that's going on in the world. Uh, you see it on the news if you watch it, good night. Uh, we know what's going on in, in, in Ukraine. I pray for those poor people over there. Uh, and uh, I even pray for the Russians and what they're going through. I, I don't appreciate Putin and uh, uh, the, uh, what's going on there. But that bothers me, that concerns me, concerns you. We see those kind of things. We see our own country moving toward socialism. And socialism has never worked anywhere uh and we see those things and it troubles us and and by the way uh not even to mention the woke generation I believe we got a nation that needs to be awakened to Christ uh but I'm not for the woke generation that and that kind of stuff that's going on isn't it amazing that we elect Our own politicians, some of them, and we try to elect the best people we can, the wisest people we can, and put them in uh, in positions of leadership. And my goodness, uh, they can't even figure out which bathroom a boy and girl spoke to you. Could I say to you, I had that figured out before I was five years old? And I figure you did too. But I'm just saying, we see all that and it troubles us. But now let's tonight, let's focus. Let's keep, let's stay with the focus. Keep your focus. And keep your fork, because the best is yet to come. And you'll get the point here in a few minutes, okay? But I just want to share with you some things that we do as I teach tonight, but I want to say that while all of us have the responsibility, number one, to do this. There must be from God's people, there must be propagation of the gospel. There must be the sowing of the gospel. There must be the the spreading of the gospel and the word. There must be propagation of the gospel. Acts 1.8 says, we're to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. That's just simple. You've heard it many times. That's here, there, and everywhere. That's around the corner. That's around the world. But everybody needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. In India, we have house churches, house congregations I know what a biblical church is and uh, we'll have a uh, establish a church that actually becomes a church and then out of that we'll start house congregations you saw that we didn't use actual names Uh, we used YS or SM uh, those names because uh, that the videos and so forth uh, can be on the internet and India has a lot of persecution Uh, it is Modi's goal that by the year 2030 uh, that in order to be a citizen of India, you have to be a Hindu. And so there's much persecution over there. And so uh, that's why we do that. Uh, But the Bible teaches us uh, that, that we're to spread the gospel everywhere. We start house churches. Thank God in the last six years, uh, Brother YS has started 34 house churches, the TNT program. Let me explain to you what that is. We started that about four years ago. And what it is, uh, uh, some of our children's homes, we still have three children's homes in India that are operating, uh, uh, but some of our children's homes have been closed. And the reason why they close them uh, is they sense a, a representative of the state in and they interview the children, and they ask the question, have you converted to Christianity from Hinduism? And usually every one of them that's of age has. And they shut them down. They shut them down. So they're watching the children's homes, but they like humanitarian problems. The national pastor in uh, Hyderabad, Has a degree in English. He's a Dalit. That's a low caste Indian. That's the bottom. That's an untouchable. Okay. But he was able to get an education. And he has a degree in English. His wife has a degree in secondary education. And when you do something that's helping the children with education. They leave you alone. So we don't put it doesn't say Baptist church on the front of it that's not it we call it the tnt program and the tnt program stands that we train excuse me we teach and tutor them and help them with their academics and then we nourish them we feed them a light meal every evening most of them are very poor and then we train them Just like Jesus trained the disciples, we train them, give them the gospel, and we train them to serve the Lord. And we have as many as 700 children meeting in different places in Hyderabad. In that particular place, uh, it's just booming. They're putting up high-rise buildings, and many of the parents of those children are coming to church. That's called evangelizing, discipling. We have to do what we can do. And so uh, those programs, we look at things and see how they're to work. By the way, the Bible teaches us that's exactly what we're to do. We must propagate the gospel. We must be witnesses. You have to be witnesses here, here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and everywhere. If I'm not a witness here in my own country... I will not be used of God in the light and 1040 window area of the world. And so we, by the way, I've said this many times, I believe it to be true. But if God's people would just win our own families to the Lord, we'd have revival in America. We need to get concerned about propagating the gospel, reaching our own country. Now let me say, not only must we propagate, but we must also, there must also be Illumination, illumination When Jesus comes in The light begins to shine I got saved when I was 24 years old Somebody shared the gospel with me And, and uh, I'll be honest with you You may be more macho than I am uh, But you know there's a lot of people Well I'm, I'm not afraid to die Well I didn't uh, You know I, w- I, w- I had no idea what's going to happen to me when I died And I was afraid of it And I was 24 years old married i love my wife she got saved she's going to church by the grace of god i went enough to church with her that i got under conviction and got saved god had given us a little boy i used to look at that baby in the crib and i'd look at that boy and i'd say god's allowed us to bring a child into the world we don't know how to tell him how to get out but thank god he's a grown man now and our children have trusted the lord Our grandchildren have trusted the Lord. And so there must be a propagation, but illumination came when I got saved. I don't know about you, but it's like somebody flipped a light switch on. And I don't mean that I'm an Einstein. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm just a country boy from the north uh, 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 central Arkansas area. But I can tell you this, I saw things different. The moment I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in <laughs> him alone, he put his Holy Spirit in my heart, and things I saw them different than I ever had before. And he is, so Jesus is the light of the world. What the Word of God tells us that, John 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, and verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world of the world psalms 119 105 that your pastor just shared with you it teaches us there that the word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path Uh, let me tell you that i have no idea what to do many times but i tell you what if i'll read the word of god and i'll pray and i'll seek the wisdom of god He can teach even me. He can teach you. We, uh, about four years ago, I knew a man, uh, an Indian man in South India, and I knew that he spoke uh, Bengali, which is the language of Bangladesh. It's the language of Calcutta and the state of West Bengal, which is Calcutta is the capital of that state. And I was in a, the airport in Calcutta, India and sitting there waiting on a plane and just people coming through. Uh, Calcutta has 15 million people just in the city. And just people going everywhere. You see people, people, people. That's the way it is in India. And I was sitting there, and this was back before Modi was in charge, and uh, I was sitting there reading my Bible. I uh, flew into Calcutta, spent the night sitting there reading my Bible going to check, catch a flight to somewhere in South India the next morning while I was waiting and boy God began to just burden my heart about all those people in Calcutta and uh, the burden never left and I started praying and I knew that man spoke Bengali down in South India and I went to him and I said brother would you be interested in taking your family and going to Calcutta India And start planting churches there. Reaching people and planting churches. He said, I'll pray about it. He prayed about it for about six months. He contacted me and said, I believe it's God's will that I go. He went. He has planted in the last little less than four years. He has planted 14 house churches in Calcutta. We have a Bible institute with 25 students in it and we just recently, three months ago, planted a church on the Bangladesh border that reaches in, it's on the India side just barely, and it reaches in, they all speak the same language, a lot of them are related to each other, and there's a long border between Bangladesh and India that has no fence. They come across and back and forth, and so we will work, out of India into Bangladesh. We'll win those Bangladesh people and we'll send some back. And God is blessing. You say, Preacher, how did you know to do that? Because of the God that I serve. It's not about my wisdom. It's about His wisdom. It's not about my power. It's about His power. God's doing some wonderful things and I'm so thankful for it. My wife and I had a blessing to talk about the light of the Word of God. Here just recently, somebody contacted us and contacted my wife, actually, and said, are you related to Elvis Sneathern? And she hesitated a little while. I don't think she wanted to admit that, but she's afraid that somebody I might owe money to, I guess. I don't know. But she said, are you really related to Elvis Sneathern? And she said, uh, yes, I am. And he said, she said, you probably won't remember me, but I was a teenager, and I lived in Sydney, Arkansas, 10 miles away from our home. And he said, when I was about 15 or 16 years old, you all came by my house. And he said, you told me about Jesus. And you tried to win me to Christ. And he said, I wouldn't get saved. He said, but from that witness and what you told me, God never stopped dealing with me. He said, I'm grown, I've got a wife, I've got three children, my family is all saved, I got saved, my family got saved, and we're faithfully serving the Lord. I just wanted you to know that. Folks, the Word of God is powerful. It's powerful. And the Holy Spirit, by the way, the Bible says, take unto you the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 17, which is... The Word of God, when your pastor preaches and something begins to pierce your heart and something begins to convict you, that's the Holy Spirit taking the Word of God and convincing you, convicting you, and the same thing happens when we witness to people. There are people that that you won't win to the Lord. By the way, there's people that I gave up on, but God didn't, that God didn't. The word of God is powerful. We need to propagate the gospel. We must proclaim the word of God because it illuminates the hearts and minds. You've been in a mission conference. By the way, when missionaries come in, show you a DVD, Bible says in Lamentations 3.51, Mine eye affecteth my heart. I went to India the first time in 2000, just to India that time. Didn't know what the light in the 1040 window was. Went over there and had all kinds of situations. Flew into Bombay. And I don't mean to, if if you're from India, I don't mean to offend you. But at that time, that time, listen, I'm I'm a country boy and I don't have a weak stomach. But when I stepped off the plane at Bombay, I thought I was going to regurgitate. I I thought I I was going to get sick. Uh, and, uh, so we stayed in the airport about three hours, got on a plane, uh, a 737, uh, plane going to, uh, Bangalore, about an hour and a half flight, and about 30 minutes into that flight, that plane started shaking and making all kinds of noise, we lost an engine on that plane, you said, what did you do, Brother Elvis, well, I was kind of nervous, the man that took me over there, I'd never been over there before. He was from Florida. His name is Dan. And he reached over and grabbed my hand. I want to tell you, when a man grabs my hand and wants to hold a me, I get nervous. He grabbed my hand and he said, uh, Preacher, pray. There was three of us on there that weren't Indian, okay, and the plane was packed. It was the two of us and a guy from uh, Sweden, I believe it was, and I just started praying. You know, those Hindus and Muslims didn't mind if I prayed in that situation. Long story short, we did make it back. They to turned around, took us back to Bombay, and you know, and then I got to I got to uh, to Bangalore, and uh, uh, we met the guy we were supposed to meet there, and got in the car and got the traffic, and I thought, good night, let me back on that cripple airplane. The traffic was so bad. I mean, I I, I I hated every bit of it. I told my wife, two days before I come back home, I said, I'm not ever coming back over here. But I got back home, and people asked me about my trip, and I couldn't tell them without weeping. You see, God does something through his word. God speaks to us through the things we see but God has a ministry for me he has a ministry for you it may not be the same one but it works together for the cause of Christ to share the gospel and the word of God with the world we must propagate the gospel we must uh, be illuminated by the word of God and by the things we see we must supplicate let me just quickly give you this Uh, but the Bible talks about in Ephesians 6:18, 18, that it talks about the ar- whole armor of God, but it talks about that we're su- to, to, to pray with supplication. Pray with supplication. That means a very, very serious, a very earnest prayer. Uh, let me just say it this way. Oftentimes, God speaks to my heart. By the way, if you're alive, God will speak to your heart. If you're saved, he'll certainly speak to your heart. But God will speak to my heart at a mission conference or through something. And I'll be honest with you. I don't always understand what God is doing. Could I go further? I don't always like what God's doing. Uh, and I don't always do what God wants me to do. And God will speak to my heart sometimes. And I know none of y'all would do this, but I argue with him. Because I don't want to do. I can't figure out. I've got excuses. Well, God, I'm not qualified for that. I remember when God called me to preach, I told him how unqualified I was. As if he didn't know. But he didn't leave me alone. And God has blessed me. I guess God knew there's a bunch of hillbillies in the world that needed somebody to communicate with them. And I'm on that level, okay? I don't know. I'm just saying this. God speaks to us, and we need to pray when he speaks to us. We need to say, God, I don't understand. I don't really want to do this, but God, I want to do what you want me to do. You guide me and direct me. He did the same thing with me in Light 1040 window. I didn't ever want to go back over there, but God got a hold of my heart. I argued with him for almost two years, and I was pastoring. I said, Lord, I don't want to stop pastoring. I don't want to do that. And I went to an altar one time, Brother Tommy Tillman was preaching, and I, and boy, God had the message just for me. And I went to an altar and I said, God, if you want me to resign the church and you want me to go to Asia and you want whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And He said, I don't want you to resign the church. You can do two things at one. I'll work it out. I went back and met with the men of the church, told them what I felt like God wanted me to do, and they said, Brother Sneathan, you work through the associate pastors here, and you go when you need to go, and you come back when you need to come back, and it'll be fine with us. But you just keep on pastoring. God works it all out. Our church right now, just they, they, they love that minister. They're glad it's out of that church. I'm just simply saying we need to pray about what God directs us to do. Now, the next thing is this. We need to participate. We need to participate. I'm glad that, one, I'm glad that after I got seated, it wasn't long until my preacher taught me about tithing. You know what, the first time I heard tithing, I, my wife and I heard that, we said, there ain't no way we can do that. And then the first thing you know, they had a faith promise mission conference. And I thought, good night, that ain't going to work. There ain't no way we can do that. But you know what, when God speaks to us, the Bible tells us in Romans 1.17, the just, the saved, shall live by faith. If you wait to do what God wants you to do, whether it's tithing, whether it's giving to faith-promised missions, whether it's doing whatever He calls you to do, if it's teaching a Sunday school class or, or whatever it is, if you and I wait till we can figure out how we're going to do it, we'll never do it. Because God wants us to step out on faith, and I can tell you the times that I've stepped out on faith, God has blessed me and blessed me and blessed, and I am so amazed and what a god we serve and how good he is to us and so we need to participate in the things god directs us to and then let me lastly give you this not only do we need to participate but we also need to celebrate we need to celebrate what god has done is doing and will do you know When I got saved, he changed my eternal destiny. And he does with anybody that gets saved by trusting in Christ in him alone. He is the righteous one, not us. Not about our righteousness, it's about his. And when we put our faith and trust in him, he changed my eternal destiny when I got saved. And he did your too, when you get saved. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul goes on and says in Philippians, which is far better. He not only saved me and changed my eternal destiny, but he gave me peace. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. But let me say, he did something else. He gave us purpose. Purpose. 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 15, excuse me, verse 58 says, Therefore, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Folks, I'm not young anymore. I know you couldn't tell that. I'm not young anymore. I don't uh, uh, work near as hard as I used to physically. But I'm going to tell you something. I have a reason to get out of bed Every day, I have plans for tomorrow and for next week and for next month, and just as long as God lets me live, I have purpose. And that purpose is to be a part of the great commission that God gives to the saved. And I had a fellow back years ago, he was a friend of mine. I met him when I was younger. His name was Marion Barry. Now, there's some Marion Barry. A, I think the mayor of Washington, D.C. used to be Marion Barry. That's not the one. We have a senator in the state of Arkansas, Marion Barry. That's not the one. This was the preacher, Marion Barry. And I had known him. We would worked at the same church to, uh, together in West Memphis, Arkansas, church. I was saved in. and <clears throat> But anyway, he was an excellent preacher and teacher. And I brought him on staff, and he took care of our Bible Institute at our church, and he also preached uh, an adult Sunday school class. Uh, And great preacher, great great teacher. And uh, but Brother Barry preached a message. I'm sure he might not have been the only one that ever preached a message to this title, but I want to tell you the one he preached. I can still remember today. Now he was raised over northeast Arkansas and. Cotton, soybean country, and along the Mississippi River, and, and uh, <clears throat> but he said that he had an aunt. I believe her name was Bessie, his aunt Bessie, and he said when he was a boy, he said uh, uh, Aunt Bessie would uh, invite invite our family uh, sometime to have lunch with him uh, on Sunday and said uh, boy ain't Bessie was a cook said we'd go over there and said man she'd have fried chicken and and she'd have mashed potatoes and gravy have have homemade biscuits rolls and all and you know fresh corn and all boy he said the food was so good and said then when we ate that good food said she'd come around and said she would she would uh, pick up the plates and she say now, Keep your fork. And he said, we knew. We knew that the best was yet to come. Because ain't Bessie knew how to make some of the best pie you've ever eaten. He said, we knew that she was coming with a slice of that coconut pie or that lemon pie or whatever variety she's made that day. And he said, man, she's when she said, keep your fork, He said, we knew the best was yet to come. Now, folks, let me tell you something. We better keep our fork because God blesses us here in this life, but the best is yet to come. We're going to see Jesus one day. I'm going to see my mother and father and one brother and one sister that I've got in heaven one day. I'm going to see my grandparents one day. Best of all, we're going to see Jesus, but I'm going to, by the way, I pastored for almost 40 years, and I'm going to tell you something. God blessed the church, and but I can honestly say he didn't bless it because of me. He blessed it probably in spite of me, but God gave us some of the best and finest people you've ever seen. There's some people that I preached their funeral. There's a couple that came to our church and was a part of our church for several years their last name was moody and it didn't matter it didn't matter what you wanted to do if you're going to raise a if you had a building fund going on if you had if you need a bus ministry fund if you needed a children's church fund if kids need money to go to camp whatever it was i guarantee the money uh the the moody's I, I, I they didn't have a whole lot of money but they were going to give they were going to participate they were going to do what they could to help I'm going to see the Moody's again one day, preach both of their funerals. I'm going to see them again one day. But, folks, let me tell you something. Here's, here's something that people who support missions, whether it's, and I, my desire is that world missions might be advanced, not just light 1040 window. I know there's a lot of mission support. I, that, my heart's at light and 1040 window ministry. But listen just a minute it's not just about light and 1040 window ministry. One of these days in heaven, there will be somebody. It may be Brother Ferret. It may be some of the missionaries you've had here in the last few days. It may be me. It may be some, some ministry that you've helped somewhere. One of these days in heaven, you may see a Brother Ferret or some missionary. And they may take you and say, I want to introduce you to somebody. And they may introduce you to somebody in China or India or Mexico or Africa that you've never met. But they met them. They knew you helped. They knew you prayed. And you're going to get to meet people that you've never met before that will shake your hand and say, thank you. For helping to send the gospel to me, folks, I'm going to tell you something. The best is yet to come. Could I just put it in Arkansas hillbilly language? We ain't seen nothing yet, like we're going to see. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for letting me speak here tonight. Thank you for these dear people. God, thank you for the mission conference that they've had.